when there has been cattle on the river, the uh, allotment holder has, as far as I know, has always gone down there and gotten their cattle out. For instance, Lance Clawson just took over the black black allotments, Lucky, Lucky Hills, um, and he lost a couple of bulls, and they were spotted at the river. So he he took six cowboys for a week and went from, all the way from San Pedro River to almost the Hereford Bridge looking for them, mm -hmm. and they found them and removed them. But they, that whole time, they ever, they only ever saw two more cows, and they were slipped. They had no brand on. Yeah. So they might have been from Mexico, and it's wide open. So how are you going to control when it's wide open? And so they weren't anybody's. Obviously, they weren't tagged or, or branded. So we don't know who's tagged. But obviously, the allotment holder was doing his due diligence. Welcome back to Open Range on the River. At the beginning of this episode, you heard a clip from the Hereford NRCD meeting I sat in on earlier this spring. Jim Lindsay, one of the allotment holders in the Sprinka, is telling a story about trespass cows in the river and their owner's due diligence in getting them out of the river. One of the core issues in all of the lawsuits we talked about last episode is trespass cows in the San Pedro River. Since 2021, the Center for Biological Diversity has filed over 130 trespass cattle complaints with the BLM. And a lot of these complaints were about more than just one cow in the river. A few days ago, I was forwarded one of the complaints which documented 59 cows in the river. Trespass cows in the river have been a problem since the Sprinka was founded in 1988. But many local conservation advocates feel like the problem is getting worse due to inaction by the BLM. Trisha Giradet, a local conservation advocate and former president of the Wachuca Audubon Society, feels like the problem has really gotten worse over the last couple of years. The best of my recollection is that trespass cattle were an occasional problem um, for a number of years. And I think it's only, or maybe because people are documenting it more, um, but I think it's only become such a horrible, horrible, excessive trespass issue um, over the past year, maybe two years. Mm -hmm. By default and by inaction, the BLM seems to be achieving alternative B. And is that the alternative uh, where it was just kind of unlimited grazing? Pretty much. Okay. Praise the Sprinka. So, trespass cows are becoming a bigger issue in the Sprinka. But where are they all coming from? In this episode, we're going to be talking all about cows and where they're coming from. While reporting the story, I heard a lot of different theories about where the cows are coming from. Some people would like to blame it all on the four allotment holders within the NCA. Others think it's the allotment holders both in the NCA and in the surrounding areas. 
I also heard that they're feral cattle, which no one is really responsible for, or Mexican cattle who have crossed the border and taken a long walk up the river. At the end of the day, there's probably an element of truth to all of these explanations. With hundreds of trespass cattle complaints in the last couple of years, from multiple locations along the river, the cows all can't be coming from one source. So let's break these theories down one by one. First up is the theory that the allotment holders in the NCA are responsible for the trespass cattle. Some of the cows are probably coming from these allotments. Lance Clausen holds the Lucky Hills allotment, which has 1,200 acres of land in the Sprinka. When we spoke, he told me that two of his bulls had gotten into the river, but that he had gone to great lengths to get them back. So in the two and a half years that we've owned this allotment, we've had two animals get out, and they were both two bulls that were that were um, purchased with the with the with the ranch. We rode that river looking for them, so we knew they were missing. Um, obviously, you know they're not cheap bulls. Those animals are anywhere from three to six thousand dollar animals per per animal. Yeah. So <laughs> we're not going to be like, oh, we're just gonna we'll just let that go. So we're looking for our animals, right? And we're spending money. Every time we go out, we're paying we're paying on cowboys or doing it ourselves, and we're you know spending time and and resources to look for these animals. Um, we we ended up getting them both back, getting them in, um, and and th- those are the only animals that I have personally we have had on the on the river, mm-hmm. and it was for a short duration. Lance feels like the allotment holders in the Sprinka are being unfairly singled out. When we spoke, he told me that he and his neighbor, Jim Lindsay, who holds the Brunkow Hills allotment in the NCA, are responsible leaseholders who do a lot of work to ensure that their cows aren't trespassing into the river. Yeah, which to me, too, is extremely biased because... um, there's allotments up and down from the Mexico border all the way to, you know, up in the Mammoth, you know, even north of Benson. So why these? Why are these four being singled out? You know, um, and especially, especially when our cattle are. So two of the allotment holders, like like Jim Lindsay, not to speak for Jim, but for like Jim, because he's a he's a, an actual um, neighbor of mine. We share fence line. Um, and our cattle are super gentle. And our cattle aren't even the cattle getting out. You know, our cattle aren't even on the river. And so the, the, the majority of the cattle that are getting out are from ranchers north of us and ranchers south of us. So we have a very, very organized and um, we're super uh, disciplined with with the process and, and the, the management that we provide. Um, for example, we preg check all of our cows. We know what's pregnant, what's what's not pregnant. Um, everything is tagged, everything is, is marked, everything is, you know, when we gather, we gather everything. Um, it's not like a willy-nilly um, operation. And then when you said keeping your cattle gentle, I mean, what are some of the ways that you've been doing that? Um, so it's through our the, the way that we breed our cattle. We, if we 
if we see a cow that is, um, we call it trotty or kind of has a bad demeanor, we get rid of that cow. Like she's gone. Uh-huh. Um, and so the breeding program, we buy gentle cattle. We ride through our cattle horseback so that they, they're used to seeing us. Even though Lance wouldn't name anyone in particular, he kept coming back to the ranchers to the north and south of him, being the culprits behind the trespass cattle. It sounded like he knew something, but he wasn't telling me. It sounded like he knew who was letting the cattle into the river. He also pointed out the fact that almost the entire Sprinka is bordered by other BLM grazing allotments. Lance is probably right, at least to some degree. The Sprinka is surrounded by grazing allotments, and most of the trespass cows that get reported are branded or tagged, so they have to belong to someone nearby the river. When I spoke with Robin Silver, co-founder of the Center for Biological Diversity, he pointed out that one of his main gripes with the BLM was their inability to maintain the Sprinka's boundary fences. He's previously sued the BLM and tried to force them to maintain the fence. It was part of one of those settlements we talked about last episode. The complaint about the BLM failing to maintain its fences isn't only coming from the environmentalists. The agency's lack of presence in the area has been one of the more notable themes throughout this story. John Ladd is the president of the Hereford NRCD. When I visited him on his ranch, he pointed out the BLM fence along the Sprinka that he claims to be maintaining for them. He told me that this was the only way to keep his cows out of the river. What the problem is, well, and it's pretty much everywhere, but mm-hmm. on all these forest allotments, BLM or Forest Service is responsible for the fences. Yeah. They're theirs. Uh-huh. And they're supposed to maintain them, and that that's why their leases are a little more expensive. If you have a federal lease, you said you were maintaining that fence down by the Sprinka, even though it's their fence. Yeah. How many people do that? I mean, how many people are going well, out and maintaining the BLM's fences for them? Jim and Lance do it. Yeah. And, you know, the Feldhausen has turned a blind eye to it and appreciates it, but he isn't going to go out and publicly say that either. Ladd was raised next to the San Pedro River. He said that he used to play in it as a child. Ann told me that there were over 3,500 cows on the river before the BLM bought it from Tenneco. He also told me that cows always want to go back to where they came from. So if cows aren't used to being kept off the river and the fences along the Sprinka aren't being maintained, it makes sense that the river is exactly where they'd go. Like all other animals, cows are going to seek out water and vegetation in the desert. I wasn't able to speak with any of the allotment holders whose leases border the Sprinka. But based on the facts that most of the reported cows are branded or tagged, and cows are likely to head towards the river if the fence keeping them out isn't being maintained, a lot of the trespass cattle are probably coming from the bordering allotments. I mentioned this at the beginning of the series, but one important thing to note is that all of the ranchers I have spoken with have been adamant about the fact that they don't want their cows in the river. And this isn't just them trying to save face with all the trespass complaints. They gave me good reasons for why it's bad for them to have their cows in the river. When I attended the Hereford NRCD's meeting earlier this spring, they told me that riding in the river was dangerous and they didn't want to have to go down there on horseback to try and find their cows. The other thing is that river gets kind of dangerous too with 
So you don't really want your cattle getting stuck down there or hanging well, out down I there? I want to be down there on horseback. That, that, is, be that is no fun. <laughs> What's that? So, when you hit 30, you decided not to do it anymore. Oh, boy. Man. Yeah. It used to be fun. When you're a kid, you went with a kid, they go, oh, I see we get across there. You follow the cow trail, follow the cow trail, and all of a sudden, boom. Cow doesn't really much you anymore, you know. When I spoke with Lance, he told me that riding the river to find lost cows was time-consuming and expensive. He spent a week riding the river when his two bulls got out. Not only was this hard, dangerous riding, it also got in the way of him being able to run his ranch and his paving business. He told me that if he has a cow that gets out, he takes them to auction. So, so if we have a cow that's getting out on the river, that cow's gone because we can't afford to go look for her every, every two months. Robin Silver disagrees with this. He says that ranching in the Southwest is a hard business, a point that the ranchers don't disagree with. But he thinks that this causes them to cheat by using the riverside vegetation to help fatten their cows. He doesn't spare any words when making this accusation. Do it, but they're lying to you. That's okay. nonsense. Yeah, I mean, well, this is, you know? this is what I'm trying to get a better understanding of is this issue on the Sprinkum with trespassing cattle. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and then also speaking to the BLM and asking how they're managing this situation, why they still have cattle leases on there when you know, the foundations of the Sprinka weren't really designed for that. And then what they do when they do have these trespassing cattle, how they're trying to intervene and actually manage the land that they've been tasked with. So a lot of the cows are probably coming from the allotments neighboring the Sprinka. And we know that at least a few of the cows have come from the allotments and the Sprinka. But I also heard that some of these cows were slick, or in non-cattleman's terms, not branded. They don't have any mark of ownership on them. Two theories were presented to me to explain the slick cows found on the river. The first was that they're feral, and the second was that they're coming up from Mexico. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities that some of the cows on the river are feral. But I want to examine the second claim, the one about cows coming from Mexico. The Sprinka southern border is the U.S.-Mexican border. When I first met Ladd, he told me that the trespass cow problem was a border problem. He said that the cows were crossing the border in the river where environmental groups had fought to keep the floodgates open in the border wall. Later, when I met Ladd out on his ranch, he showed me the exact place where cows could supposedly be crossing the border from Mexico. The floodgates on the river were closed. Despite the requirement to keep them open while the river was flowing, Border Patrol had made the executive decision to close them anyway. Here, they're always open. Yeah. So finally, it got this. this is really busy down there. Finally, Bird Patrol said, you know what, we're going to shut everything. And we'll uh -huh. take our chances to get to see. So, if the floodgates are closed, is there any validity to Ladd's claim that Mexican cows are trespassing in the Sprinka? The short answer is yes. The floodgates being closed only happened recently, and the border wall in this area of Arizona was one of the last stretches of wall to be completed before Trump left office. Before there was a wall, the border with Mexico was only marked by a barbed wire fence, and when the river flooded, the fence went down. Ladd is pretty familiar with Mexican cows wandering onto his ranch. This, he claims, is how he originally earned the title, Unofficial Trespass Cattle Liaison for the BLM. 
And before the sprinkle was created, he used to work with the ranchers on the Mexican side of the border to regularly round up and sort out their cattle that had crossed the border using the river. He even showed me the old corrals they used to sort them when I visited the ranch. Oh, you can see some old posts and stuff. But uh -huh. That was all the Mexican corrals. And then they'd come across and there was a dip vat for ticks. Mm -hmm. you, the dip. cattle would jump off in the, it was about 10 feet deep full of uh -huh. insecticide. And then, you know, they'd Kill all the ticks. go underneath the water and then come up. And then they'd run them back around here in the corrals, uh -huh. and then the cattle trucks would come up and yeah. load up and go to sale. Ladd isn't the only person who brought up Mexican cattle. Plenty of the scientists and environmental advocates I spoke with also mentioned that some of the cows in the South probably came from Mexico. Most of them agreed that Mexican cows weren't the main cause of trespasses, but they were a cause. Robin Silver called BS on the Mexican cattle theory, saying there's no way it explained all of the trespasses, which it doesn't. But Robin wasn't having any of it when I asked him if this was a possibility. That's just total bullshit. Okay. Let me just like summarize it in a very succinct word. Yeah. Because I mean, we're, we're not dealing, there's hard, very few cow trespass sign order. We're talking about the NCA, the Sprinka, right? Right. These cows, these are not Mexican cows that are wandering up, you know, 20 miles up, you know, to get above Hereford. That's, that's, that's total nonsense. When we look at all these theories, there seems to be some truth to all of them. A handful of cows are likely coming in from Mexico, and some cows are getting in from the allotments within the Sprinca. But a majority of the cows seem to be coming from the allotments that border the preserve. And this is an important aspect of the story to consider when looking at all of the legal battles going on over cows in the river. The Center for Biological Diversity has sued the BLM to maintain its fences throughout the entire NCA. But most of the litigation is focused on the four allotments that have acreage in the preserve. And going back to the interview I shared earlier with Lance, he, like the other allotment holders I spoke with, feel like this is unfair. He feels like he's being unfairly singled out when taking cows off his ranch won't actually solve the problem of cows getting into the river. He's got a fair point. If the legal actions being taken to remove the grazing permits for the four allotments in the Sprinka succeed, it won't solve the problem of trespass cattle in the river. It seems like the two big solutions would be to either remove cows from all of the allotments bordering the Sprinka or for the BLM to just do a better job managing the area. The BLM will probably never remove cattle from all of the allotments that border the Sprinka. So the obvious solution then becomes better management. If they use the tools at their disposal, like regular fence maintenance and roundups to keep cows out of the river, the trespass cattle problem could probably be brought under control. So why aren't they doing this? That's a good question. So good that it deserves its own episode. Join me next time on Open Range on the River. I'll be looking into all of the complaints that the BLM is failing to do its job while managing the Sprinka.